You're listening to the Daily Sweat Podcast, where we are all about doing something that makes you sweat every single day. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. As always, I am super stoked that you are here, and I'm super stoked to get back to releasing some interviews for you. I have been having some amazing conversations with some really cool, really knowledgeable, and really inspiring people over the last few weeks. And as much as I enjoyed the solo episodes that I released over the last three weeks, I am pumped to get this new content out to you. So today we're kicking off a new string of interviews with a fellow fitness professional named Lee Castles. Uh, Lee is not a fitness professional in the sense of like a personal trainer or things like that. Like he definitely did a lot of that and you'll hear all about his experience in our interview. But he is doing really, really cool things now in helping personal trainers really just shake up the way they live and act and work as personal trainers. He's providing spaces for trainers to actually do the work that they love and get paid properly for it. He's going to talk about how he does that in our interview. And we talk a lot about sales and marketing and how to do this business side of personal training that so many of us don't really understand when we get into the industry. And he talks about how to do it in um, in what I would call a heart-centered way. He definitely didn't use those words, and I don't know if he would. Um, he sounds like a pretty straight-shooting kind of guy. <laughs> but from the conversation that we had, you know, our talk about sales and keeping track of numbers and leads and everything like that, while sometimes those words can conjure up kind of icky feelings. The way that Lee explains them all, it just seems like a really natural, normal part of business. And that's because it is. So this is a really, really great episode. If you are a personal trainer and you are looking to grow your business and start treating it like a business, but even if you're not a personal trainer, if you're somebody who does some kind of service-based work or you have your own business, you will still be able to take a lot of what we talk about today and apply it to your own business. So to give you a quick rundown on Lee, Lee is an experienced health and fitness professional with over 20 years of experience in the industry. Starting off in Glasgow, Scotland, he has maneuvered his way through the personal training and coaching world into the business side of the industry. Through these experiences, Lee wanted to share some of his insights and co-authored an Amazon best-selling book in 2018 titled How to Sell in Any Economy. Now Lee is focused on a new concept, it clubs. This concept is sure to disrupt the personal training marketplace across the country by offering fitness professionals a physical space so they can simply show up, set up, and service their clients, all while being supported along the way. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? So without further ado, let's dive into the episode with Lee. All right, let's do this. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Daily Sweat Podcast today, Lee. I am super stoked that you're here with us. Yeah, me too. I can't wait for this. Awesome. So before we dive into the meat of our conversation, I have a question that I ask every guest who comes on the show, and I would love to know, what are you most excited about right now? Uh, For me, the the most exciting, like, involvement in my life right now is I opened a brand called Egg Clubs. Uh, it's been a dream of mine for years. It's been something I've wanted to do for years. And I've finally taken the plunge 100%. And it just opened on February 1st. So that's the big thing that's happening in my life right now. Woohoo! Congratulations. That's really yeah, Thank you. 
And I know we'll we'll dive into what is involved with that, but I would love to hear a little bit about your backstory. Do you maybe want to give us some insight into how your career has evolved and how that led you to uh, opening IT Clubs? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so I've always been involved in sports and athletics ever since I was in high school, kindergarten, etc. cetera. Uh, that led me to go and do a degree in sports coaching, sports management which was probably one of the best things I ever did because uh, then that opened up gateways and pathways to a whole different world of things that I wouldn't have been able to do unless I had a degree. Uh, from there, managed some health clubs in the UK, uh, but I was always like hungry for more. I always wanted to see more. I always wanted to experience more. I always wanted to discover what was out there outside of Scotland. Uh, and one night I was sitting in a bar having some drinks with some friends I got a call from a headhunter uh, and they offered me a job in Saudi Arabia and I lost a bet and within 90 days I was on a plane to Saudi Arabia to go manage health clubs across the Middle East. Um, wow. Which was, yeah, <laughs> it was good and bad. It was, very, it was a very interesting bet that I stuck to. So uh, it's probably one of the best things and one of the most scariest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, I met a wonderful female who lived in Vancouver in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and she convinced me to move back to Vancouver. And that was over 20 years ago. And have a, had a wonderful career in the, around the Vancouver area since that in health and fitness. Awesome. And when you were working in fitness here in Vancouver, were you working as a personal trainer or a coach? Or by that time, were you working more on the managerial side of things? Yeah, by the time I came to uh, Canada, I was, I was more in the management status. Hmm. Uh, even when I was in Saudi Arabia, I was, I was more managing health clubs at that point and managing facilities. I was still doing personal training, but not as my prime job. Uh, and then when I came... Uh, to Canada, I was managing the World Gym brands. I uh, then progressed on to the uh, Steve Nash brands. I was a director for them for over seven years. And then moved on to be a director for the Innovative Fitness brand across Canada. Uh, and at one point, I was the uh, vice president of Vancouver Island Fitness. And that eventually led me to opening at clubs today. Awesome. Now, so you are a veteran in the fitness industry, and I love that you have had so many different perspectives as well in, you know, not only different countries, but also different continents. And I would love to hear your take on how the personal training industry has evolved over the years. Like, what shifts have you seen in the role that a personal trainer plays in a client's life? But also, how have you seen the conditions that trainers are working within uh, shifting? Yeah, uh, I think 20 years ago when I, when I first started as a trainer, uh, trainers were brought on really to help the customer base with inside the brand. So they were almost praised, like, oh, thank you for being an employee as a personal trainer. We're really grateful for you being a personal trainer because we know the value that you bring to our customer base as a personal trainer. Uh, so you were almost put up on a, on a pedestal when you worked for some major brands, say, 20 years ago. Uh, what I've seen the shift over the last 20 years being is going from being put on a pedestal to almost being seen as a commodity now. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're only paid for exactly what you do. Uh, and also the thought process of a lot of the, the bigger chains are 
that you should almost be extremely grateful you even have a job uh, and some of the conditions that the trainers now work in, in my opinion, are, are very disrespectful uh, and they're not very, uh, they're not geared around why trainers get into the industry in the first place. Uh, for me, trainers get into the industry in the first place because they really wanted to help people. That was their main why. Why do you want to be a trainer? I want to help people. I want to give back. I want I want that athlete to be faster. I want that person to be stronger. Uh, unfortunately, now the conditions are, here's a bunch of stuff supplements you have to sell. We don't really care whether you like these supplements or you agree with these supplements. You still have to sell it or you're fired at the end of the month. Here's your two or $5,000 target for personal training. If you don't hit it, you're fired at the end of the month. There's wow. very little, yeah, there's very little like uh, empathy for why the trainers actually want to be a trainer. They're purely now, in my opinion, a lot of them are purely just sales, um, sales monsters. They're out there to make money, and that's that's basically what their job is now, unfortunately. Yeah, that is real unfortunate. And when I started personal training, when I, I think it was about six or seven years ago when I was going through all the courses, um, it was always suggested to me that I start in a big box gym just to build that experience, build that client base, get comfortable working with people. And being a member of a big box gym, I was watching the trainers and I was like, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> so I just started right on my own from the get-go. And um, I think it was great in the sense that I didn't have to do a lot of, you know, the the supplement pushing and the sales and stuff. Obviously, it did take a little bit longer to get my business going. Um, so I see both pros and cons to to starting out that way. But I think that's a really, it's a really common route because most current personal training certifications do suggest that new graduates go and work in these facilities. So if we have somebody who's listening and maybe they're almost done their personal training course or they have finished and now they're trying to figure out what to do, um, what would you suggest for them? Would you suggest that they go to one of these big box gyms to start out or do you have another alternative for them? Uh I would really say it depends on their why. Like, why are they in the industry? Like, why, why are they getting this? Why do they want to do it? Uh, obviously, if they want to be a regional manager of personal training or they want to be a general manager of a health club at some point, then yes, go down that path because that's, that's going to lead you towards your end goal. Uh, if your end goal is to have your own personal training company and your own personal training brand and be your own personal trainer, then go down that path straight away, like exactly what you said. Yeah, it's hard, but all jobs are hard. Like, yeah. you just have to figure out what your why is and start going down that path of what you want, not what you think the industry's kind of telling you to do. Yeah, 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 I hear that. Okay, so let's say now that we have convinced our friend who's listening and they're ready to start <laughs> Um, do you want to maybe walk our listeners through the steps of starting a personal training business? And let's take this, like, right from the ground up. So somebody who is just starting, they have absolutely no idea where to begin. They're overwhelmed by all the conflicting information and things that experts are saying. What are these first few steps that somebody might want to take? Yeah, great question. Uh, the first one would be know yourself. Like, I know it sounds very corny and very cliche, but really understand who you are as a person uh, and really understand where your limitations are and where your fears are. Uh, we're, we're all in the personal training industry. We're all trying to challenge people. You can't challenge anyone unless you know what your challenges are. And 
for me personally, it's my biggest pet peeve. I've seen personal trainers try to challenge other people and they can't even challenge themselves. So really dig deep inside of like what's holding me back, what's my fears, what's my hesitations about taking this leap. And then start looking at how can I cure or how can I overcome some of these challenges I currently have right now. Uh, so the main ones that I see on a consistent basis with brand new trainers is normally sales. I don't know how to sell. I don't like to ask for money. I'm unsure about how to ask for money. Uh, I don't know how to market myself. I don't want to become like that guy that's on Instagram all the time. That's not me. Like, Just figure out all those problems that you have and then figure out solutions around about them. Uh, kind of step two would be know your customers. Uh, I wrote a book with uh, two other people last week purely on sales. Uh, so yeah, the book that we wrote Last year with uh, two other people, Stan Peake and uh, Catherine Brownlee, was purely about sales. It was purely about the introduction to sales. And the majority of the book is based around about know your own customer. So we're really encouraging you to fully understand who your customer is. And that means everything from how much money they make a year, what kind of car do they drive, how many kids do they have, what kind of activities their kids do. Uh, where they currently go on the weekends, what kind of clothes they buy, where they buy those clothes from. Uh, the idea is you want to know your customer inside and out because that's really going to affect your marketing moving forward. Uh, if your customer is always going to hold Renfrew, that market message is totally different from a customer that always goes to Walmart. So you have to make sure that you understand exactly who your customer is and exactly who you're talking to. Uh, and Probably step three for me would be like know your business, like exactly what kind of business you want to get into. Uh, personal training has a, a very broad spectrum now of personal training could mean rehab, personal training could mean athletic training, uh, personal training could mean small group training, personal training could mean online personal training. So really look at what do you mean by personal training and what gets you excited going back to your why again. Uh, like why are you doing it and does that fulfill your why if not change like what kind of business model you're looking at doing moving forward so for me that would probably be the first three steps that if I was helping someone like really just hammer home those three points and then guide them from there mm-hmm. yeah and those are so good and I think it's really important to emphasize the fact that in those three points, you didn't mention anything about a website or getting, you know, your brand colors or anything like that. And that's something that I see a lot of people getting hung up on these days is like making the business look good before we've really got that foundation of a business. And I can speak from experience. I've invested heavily in business coaches and mentors over the years. And In the early stages, it was all very strategy-focused, which now would be helpful. But at that time, I didn't go through that process of understanding my own challenges or my own limitations. And the the best investments that I've made, the ones that I've gotten the biggest return on my investments have been the ones that forced me to really explore what's holding me back, where are my weaker areas and what can I do to build myself up. And then as as a result, when I build myself up, the business also built up. So I love your approach on this. I think it's so spot on. No, good. I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. And I think too, even if we have some trainers who are listening who do work in a big box gym, um, 
I think these steps would still apply because even if you're working for somebody else, like, you know, the, the sales is a part of your business and understanding how to talk to the clients in your gym. Again, just how you said somebody who shops in a Holt Renfrew is going to be different than someone who shops in a Walmart. Somebody who's training in a big box gym in a downtown area is also probably going to have a different life than someone training in a suburb. So, you know, understanding your clients in the gyms and potential clients that can also help you be more effective with your sales and doing what you're doing there. Yep. Now, what are some of the mistakes that you see trainers making when they're starting their new businesses? And if you have any experience of your own mistakes or things that like you have helped people work through, feel free to share those if you're comfortable with it. Uh, yeah, probably the biggest mistake I see with brand new trainers coming out, uh, and this goes with people who have done a four-year kinesiologist degree to someone that's just finished their ACE personal training qualification, is they come out and charge a rate of like $30 or $40 an hour mm. and expect to be able to make a living on $30 or $40 an hour. Like, it's just it's not possible. It's impossible to even remotely make a living at that price point uh, because they're so scared of their own value. They don't understand what they're bringing to the marketplace. Uh, and that's always an internal fear that they have. Uh, I've been asked numerous times, like when I've worked at other brands, because people knew I was a trainer, and they're like, how much would you charge if you ever went back to training? And I'm like, the minimum I would charge would be $150, $250 an hour. And they're like, there's no way you would get that. I'm like, I guarantee I would give five clients that would be willing to pay $150, to $250 an hour only because I'm pushing it and only because I'm so confident I can get you a result faster than anyone else, safer than anyone else, and you will love the experience. I will ensure that that happens because I'm so confident I can get it that I can push that value out without even having a limit on how much I can charge. But for new personal trainers, that's the hump that they have to get over. Mm -hmm. They just have to fully believe if they can get that result, they're worth $100, $200, $500 an hour. The price is irrelevant, but they have to make a living. So they have to go over that hump as quick as possible so that they can actually get to the end result, which is they have a lifestyle, their customers love the lifestyle, and everyone's getting results along the way. So my piece of feedback for new trainers is go over that hump as quick as possible, put a number down of what you wish you want to make, and push that number out. The worst you can do is somebody says that you're not worth it. Okay, great. I'll find someone else that thinks I'm worth it. They just have to push that out there. Yeah, it just comes back down to that confidence, right? That belief in yourself. And that comes from yeah. doing that inner work, I think. And then in terms of, for me, like I wish I failed more often sooner when I was younger. Like I really wish that I'd put myself out there more and more to really fail faster and fail harder when I was younger uh, because I'd probably have opened at clubs 20 years ago. Like one of the stories I have is I remember walking past a swimming pool. I used to be a competitive swim coach. And I remember walking past a swimming pool that's for sale. It was like a couple of million dollars when I was 20. And I'm going, I would love to go buy that. And everyone's like, you're crazy. That would never happen. Like all the naysayers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's, you're right. I shouldn't get it. I shouldn't look at this. I shouldn't think about it. That's dumb. Like looking back, I'm like, I could have had a swimming pool at the age of 20 just by making that leap forward of 
I am going to do this. I will do this. And I'm going to make this happen. And I could have had that swimming pool purchased, had swim lessons all day long and start my career 20 years earlier than I am now. So it's just it's having that belief in yourself and not listening to the people around you that are just naysayers. Yeah, it's crazy how how we can allow others' beliefs about what is possible to impact our own beliefs about what's possible for us. But it's something really, really common. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what It Clubs is now? So you wish that you had started it earlier, but you've started it now. So share with us a little bit about what it is and like what it is your solution to. Yeah, so it is a solution to exactly what we've been speaking about of self-employed personal trainers or self-employed fitness professionals. Uh, after spending 20 years in the industry, I was, I was done trying to force personal trainers to fit inside a square box, wear this T-shirt, wear this hat, sell this supplements, sell this price point, do this or you're fired, show up at this time, don't do this, do that. Like, the inside, I love helping people. I'm, I'm a personal trainer at heart. I love to help people. I love to help people grow. I just love to do it in the business side now versus just the one-on-one personal training side. And that's always been my passion. So when I was looking at business models of how do I want to help people, I want to be a consultant. I want to have a facility where I can help other people. So this all just came together in the version of Egg Clubs where we're basically a facility management company that consults for business professionals to help them be successful. So it's fully rentable space. It's purely for fitness professionals. So it's not that Egg Clubs has its own brand of personal training and we're competing against the trainers. We are purely just a facility that personal trainers can rent out. And we are here to support you, the personal trainers, to grow your business in the way that you want to grow it. So there's no right or wrong answer of you can wear a pink T-shirt or a blue T-shirt. You can wear gray sneakers or white sneakers. You can wear different colored sneakers. It's totally up to you what you want to do. We're just here to support your growth. So that's really what Egg Clubs is. That's awesome. And do you have one physical location? Do you have a few or is there plans to expand to have more? Yep. So right now we opened the first location on February 1st in Victoria and Vancouver Island. Uh, And the plan is that we want to try and have Vancouver open uh, by mid next year. And then after that, we'll look at Calgary. We'll look at Toronto. And um, we've already got interest in uh, franchise locations in Calgary right now. So, yeah, it's just this is just a starting point. So it's now just getting that ball rolling and, and spreading across the country. Amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank I, you. It's fun. I can say from experience of being an independent trainer in Vancouver that our options are pretty limited. So I think that once you open here, you are going to get a really good response. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so... Even though personal trainers who are working for themselves don't necessarily have like the hard sales deadlines that they need to hit like they would have in a big box gym, at the end of the day, we still need to do some sales because we need to generate business. So let's start talking about sales and maybe beginning with why fitness professionals and passionate service providers in general tend to struggle with sales. Like why is this such a tough topic for us? Uh, for me personally, I think the main reason why we struggle is it's just mindset. It's the way we think about sales. Uh, we always think of sales as a dirty word or a nasty word or as evil or like we have to coin people out of money or like 
just the mindset in the fitness industry is is somehow it's a bad thing. You always think of a used car salesman or something like that when you think of sales. Uh, we have to change a mindset from the point of view of it's not a dirty thing. It's just a fact of life that we have to sell in order to to provide the services we want to provide. Uh, the easiest way for personal trainers to change that mindset is change the words that they use inside their own head. So instead of a word of, I have to be able to bring in five grand this month, it might be, I have to introduce five new people to my service, or I have to get 10 new people results, or I have to showcase my services to 20 new people this month because I really want to help five people this month. So use the words that make sense for you in your head to keep you in that positive frame of mind. As soon as you start putting those negative words in of five grand target or uh, clothes or closing ratios or like targets, like if you feel as if it's a sales word and that's a negative thing for you, take it out of your head and change it to a word that makes sense for you. Um, And that will really help you move forward past that hump. Mm, I love that. I, um, one of my earlier mentors, she had always put me on, uh, income goals for each month and they were, they were big stretches from where I was at. Like at that time for me, the thought of earning $10,000 a month was like really, really, really out there. (laughs) Every month that I didn't hit it, the following month would be $10,000, like plus what I didn't make from the month before. And it was super overwhelming. It was not motivating. It was not inspiring. And over the years, I've learned to kind of do what you said earlier and look at things from an impact goal perspective, because impact usually is a uh, a marker of income that we're generating. You know, if we're helping a lot of people in close relationships, that usually also means we're going to be bringing money into the business. So I try to look at things now from an impact goal. How many more people can I impact this month? How many people am I impacting with this program? And for me personally, I've just found that that has been a lot more motivating and inspiring than like this far off number. Yeah, totally agree. Cool. Do you have any other tips on how to make that mindset shift? Because I, I love that the conversation in so many different areas is around mindset and how we need to change our mindset to be more like this and less of that. But sometimes it's, it's easy to understand on a logical level, but it's a lot more difficult to actually um, integrate into our own minds. So I love that first tip about using words that resonate with you more. Do you have any other suggestions on how we can create those mindset shifts? Uh, yeah, like just daily targets. So like your, your target sheets, like what you want to project this month, etc. like have it all written out. Like somebody put it on a Google Drive or Google Docs or on Excel, etc. But even the words you use on those kind of documents, make sure that exactly like what you just mentioned of, I want to help this many people this month, put the number in. Uh, I wish to achieve this this month by getting so many people that I can present in front of this month. Here's my target. So everything you write down, everything you touch has to have that same feel all the way across your brand. Uh, and the only time you have to speak about actual numbers is when you speak to your accountant or your bookkeeper. They won't deal with, I helped 10 people this month. They right. want to know the actual hard numbers. <laughs> uh, but everyone else in your life, you can keep using that same language all the time. And it's just about consistency. The more you use it, the more you'll get used to just feeling that that's the actual way of doing business. Uh, I think where people hang themselves up is 
they'll try a little bit of it, but they'll still revert back to the other way because they read a book or they'll, they'll listen to a podcast or they'll see a mentor or somebody else in a different industry. It's like, no, you have to stick to hard numbers. Stick to what feels good for you. As long as you're moving forward, it's working. Just keep moving it forward. So that would be the big thing for me. That's awesome. <clears throat> I love that. And do you have any suggestions on how our listeners could create their own sales process, like something that is consistent across the board and they know that they go through these steps in a way that is aligned with their values and the ways that they like to show up in their business? Uh, yeah, the, probably the easiest one that I've done in the past is a, it's an acronym called M Laser. Uh, so the idea is that each month you, you work out your M Laser platform. Uh, so M would be for marketing. Like, what do you actually plan to do for the month for marketing? And marketing is such a broad scale that I won't go into it right now, but it's more like just how you're going to get the message out there. How many people do you have to get that message out to in order to hit your end goal? Uh, L would be for leads. Like, how are you going to deal with those leads once you actually get it? This is one of my biggest pet peeves of the whole fitness industry is they'll spend a ton of marketing on Facebook ads, T-shirts, giveaways, websites, logos, colors, like, and then they get a lead and they screw it up royally. Like, because <laughs> there's no process for the leads. It's like, oh, somebody called? Yeah. What do you do? Oh, I don't know. I'll just leave it for a couple of days or I'll call them straight away, but I don't know what to say. It's like, you spend all that money getting someone and now you're going to screw up when they come in. So really look at that process of when you get that lead, what are you actually going to do with it? Mm. And uh, can, I ask, can I ask a quick question in that? Like, how uh, do you define a lead? Is that somebody who has expressed interest in your business? Is it simply somebody who clicks on an ad? Um, like, how do you define that? I would say a lead is anyone that you have a name and number for okay. that understands what you do as a business. Cool. So as long as they know you're a personal trainer and you somehow have their name and number, that for me is a lead. Until such time as they tell you, no, I'm not interested, everyone is a potential, potential client of yours because everyone needs training in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a helpful distinction. Thank you. Sure. All right. So moving on from that, so we've got, we have to have our process in place for what we do with our leads. Uh, what would the next step from that be? Uh, to the so a? next step would... Yeah, so the next step would be A. So A stands for appointment. Like, what do you actually plan on doing when that person's in front of you? So you've done a great job of your marketing. You've got a great conversation pitch for your leads where you're talking them back and forth on email or over the phone. They're now sitting in front of you. Like, what do you actually do with them when they're sitting in front of you? Um, do you hard sell them? Do you soft sell them? Do you not sell them at all? Do you let them walk out the door? Like, what's your actual process for you have either a free session with them or it could be a promo session or whatever it is, they're, they're there, they're right there in front of you. Really think about what you plan on doing uh, so that you can actually get that result you're really looking for. Uh, S would be for uh, shows. So shows would be basically you showing your service to them along with the appointment. So how do you showcase what you actually do as a trainer. Like, do you just throw out a bit of paper of here's five sessions, 10 sessions, 20 sessions, pick them? Or do you actually have a process that you can actually show them how you can help them? Uh, 
again, for me, it's one of my pet peeves when I see trainers just throw prices out there. Yeah, I, you can either buy a five pack or a 10 pack. It's like, okay, I'm not buying groceries. Like, what, <laughs> what am I getting for my five and my 10 pack? You're asking me for $500 or $1,000? What, what do I get as a customer just not speaking my language? Like, am I going to lose this 10 pounds before my wedding? Am I going to get this six pack so I can go on the beach? Like, what am I getting for my money? Uh, so that's really what that is, is. Like, how do you showcase your service to, to your customer or potential customer when they're standing in front of you? Uh, and then moving on to E. So E would be for, on, for enrollment. Like, how do you enroll them into your service? So they've said, yes, I want this. I love you. I think this is going to be fantastic. Here's my $10,000. Now what? Like, and some people, and you can probably laugh as well at this, like some people to get the money and the service is atrocious. It's like you promised all of this on one side, you get the money and then the service is so far below what you just promised that the guy's never coming back again. Like you've now just wrecked your reputation in the industry. So make sure you balance out what you promised to what you actually do as a service provider as well. Uh, and then the last one, which most fitness professionals really struggle with is referrals. Like R stands for referrals. Like how are you going to get referrals from the person that's sitting in front of you or your current customer bases that are training with you on a consistent basis? And what kind of questions can you ask them in order to spark those conversations so you can get referrals from them without the cheesy ones of, hey, do you know anyone that would like to train with me? Like, how can you structure a sentence better so that they can actually give you the information you're looking for? So that would be, for me, that's, that's the flow that I've done with every company I've ever worked for. So it's M for marketing, L for leads, A for appointments, uh, S for shows, E for enrollments, and R for referrals. If you can plan that out each month, then you've got a solid plan to get your business to the next level. Yeah, I love how you broke that down so easily. And it all seems really manageable as well. And I know I've touched on this a couple of times, but it also doesn't focus on like changing your website, which I see so many people <laughs> getting stuck in. Like, oh, I'll do my marketing once I fix this webpage. Um so yeah, no, I love I love that you broke it down like that. And I think the referral thing is such an important piece because that really is our best and our simplest form of marketing. You know, when we have people who've worked with us, who've gotten great results, who have gotten to know us as people and enjoy having us as their trainers, having them let their friends and families know about the great experience that they've had is, it seems like a no-brainer. One of yep. the one of the things that I've found really helpful in having that conversation outside of my my system for generating referrals is if I do have an open spot that I want to fill, just letting one of my clients know like, oh, hey, I just had this spot open at five o'clock on Mondays and it's a prime spot. So I thought before putting it out into the world that I would ask you to see if you knew of anybody who has been interested in looking for a trainer. And it's like a really easy conversation to have. It doesn't feel like I'm asking for things. It's like a, Hey, I've got this cool thing. And if you know somebody, then let's, let's get them in there. Yep. Cool. Well, this was really awesome, Lee. Thank you. Um, I'm curious if you have any favorite resources like books or podcasts or blogs that 
dive into some of the things we've talked about, like business development for new independent trainers or anything else with regards to business that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, yeah, probably like one of my all-time favorite books. And it's more, it's more to bust that bubble in your head and really, really think big. Like, because once you start thinking big, then the small things don't matter anymore. As you mentioned, the website, the logo, the color, et cetera. Like, if you can think big, then your mindset totally changes. Um, and one of the books that's helped me over the years is a book by a gentleman called Grant Cardone. Uh, and it's called Be Obsessed or Be Average. And it's, it's a really brutal kick to the head kind of book of why, why am I not thinking that way? Like, and his story of where he started to where he is now, it's like, okay, anyone can do this. They just have to have the right mindset and they have to be willing to fail and fail often. Uh, so that would be probably the first book of if you want to do something big, read that because it will definitely put you in the right frame of mind. Uh, and the other one, especially for trainers, is there's a book called The E-Myth Revisited uh, mm. by Michael Gruber. Uh, it's an old book. It's been around for a long, long time. Uh, but it just goes back to the basics of like business is business and this is the steps you're probably going to have to go through in your business. And just opens your mind a little bit of that's the trap that I've fallen into. Okay, here's an actual solution for that. Okay, here's a trap you probably will fall into. Here's how to avoid that. So it's just it's a gentle book just to get you through that, that kind of process as you go along. Uh, and then the last one is just a plug for myself. Uh, again, the book that I wrote last year is called How to Sell in Any Economy. And that was with Stan Peak and Catherine Brownie. And it's purely just based on the fitness industry and fitness professionals in general of just how to take that next step forward in sales without it being sales. Awesome. I'll make sure to link up to all of those in the show notes for our listeners. And I think that's a great segue into plugging yourself on all the other platforms. So if we have somebody who's listening who wants to connect with you, whether that's with you personally or they live on the island and they want to train at it clubs, where can they find you and connect with you? Yeah, perfect. Uh, so it clubs is myitclubs.com that's the website URL and if you want to find us on Instagram or Facebook is at myitclubs uh, and if you want to find me direct my name is Lee L-E-E at myitclubs.com and you can also reach me on LinkedIn under Lee Cassells all right, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and all of your experiences with us. I know I got a lot out of this conversation, so I'm sure our listeners did as well. Perfect. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. And to our listeners, as always, thank you so much for your time and your energy and allowing us to hang out in between your ears. We'll be back with you next week with another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. Have a great day. Hey, did you enjoy today's episode? If so, it would mean the world if you would head over to iTunes and leave a quick review. Your support means oh so much. Thank you.